Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What's going on? Jermaine Johnson, tune in to Turn On The Jets podcast. Hey, this is Vinny Pasquantino of the Kansas City Royals. Make sure you tune in to the Turn On The Jets podcast. Everybody, welcome back to the Turn the Jets podcast. I'm your host, Will Parkinson, at Will on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. We are two weeks into the preseason for the Jets. I'm back for my honeymoon. I am now full fledged. Going to have to be uh, cranking out content left and right here. No more, no more chicken parm and uh, and pasta for me. Special guest on the on the pod today, Mike Kay, who's was on last year with us. Did a fantastic job, you know, talking a little bit of Jets. And obviously, this Jets seems a little different. And you know, he was at you know both joint practices. Uh, well, really, it was one joint practice and a, and a rainout, and then in the game on Saturday. Mike, how are we doing this morning? Doing well. Congratulations <laughs> on the uh, nuptials, man. Thank you, thank you. Yeah, yeah no, uh, it's uh, you know it's an exciting time. Um, obviously, football wise, but uh, you know, in, in my personal life too, which is always nice. Um, you obviously, you know, we'll, we'll get to the game, you know, here in a minute. You, uh, you know, the practice on on Tuesday or, or Wednesday, you know, obviously. A lot of heat, you know, you're down in Charlotte. It's a, it's, you know, it's not a wintertime temperatures. What was your kind of biggest takeaways, I guess, from, from that joint practice? Cause I feel like we get more out of that a little bit, the coaching staffs and, and things like that get more out of that than the actual game itself. Yeah. I mean, I thought the joint practices in Spartanburg, by the way, no, I've never experienced heat like that. I've covered the Eagles. I've done, uh, I've covered the Jaguars. I've traveled to tons of different camps. It's part of the reason why we talked uh, last year, but this is hard heat to handle. And I think the jets came out and looked pretty good in the passing game. There were some good moments in seven on seven. Aaron Rodgers was pretty, I mean, he was Aaron Rodgers E uh, early on. Um, it seemed like he spread the ball out really, really well. I thought I spent the day watching the jets offense versus the Panthers defense because the Panthers defense has been vaunted by pretty much everybody for some reason nationally um and so i wanted to see them against somebody they hadn't seen my partner alex zetlow at the charlotte observer took the offense versus the jets defense but what i'll say is this i mean i think aaron Rodgers looks like aaron Rodgers. that's who he is i mean i think the offensive line's been kind of the topic of discussion for both teams since these two teams met up um I was a massive massive fan of Bakai Becton from a draft perspective uh when he was coming out obviously it hasn't really worked out um he went up against Brian Burns who's a two-time pro bowler who is very very good and is actually a better fit in my opinion for this new 3-4 front 
then as a 4-3 defensive end, um, he kind of had his way a little bit uh, with the offensive line. I think, he, you know, that's a good test. Um, but as we saw, we'll get in the preseason later, it wasn't just Brian Burns. Um, and I look, I, I think Aaron Rodgers has a right to be frustrated, right? Billy Turner um, is kind of this journeyman pass blocker who's never really found a true home because he's so inconsistent and I think you need to find some consistency there whether you know Aaron Rodgers from you know Green Bay or whatever or you know Nate Hackett from Denver um and so and Green Bay I guess but I I I think this offense is going to be very very good remember Brees Hall and uh, Garrett Wilson were not involved in this practice this joint practice and they still kind of carved up the Panthers pretty early on uh, they did a two-minute drill towards the end of practice uh, where I believe they connected on one of six passes during that uh, two, three and outs between Aaron Rodgers and Zach Wilson, um, which that's going to happen. I mean, you're in a new environment. You only get one shot at it. And, and no, I, I came away incredibly impressed by the Jets. Uh, I know that Aaron Rodgers talked about not having maybe the same energy as the Panthers, but when you're traveling uh, to that type of heat, um, it's, it takes getting used to, I, I thought th- this was an extremely positive week for the Jets from, yeah. a, from a Panthers perspective. Yeah. Look, I, I think t- the two of the biggest takeaways are, it was just nice to see. It's always nice to see teams against different teams. Like you, it's multiple weeks, like the Jets started camp, you know, July 17th or 18th or whatever. It's been, it's been a month now you're going against the same guys, you know, it's all the charity camp fights. It's the same exact scheme. It's all these different things. The Jets team has got a, you know, the Panthers too. It's, both teams have a lot of young talent on, you know, both sides of the ball. And, you know, the Jets obviously are in a little bit of a different situation in Carolina, but you kind of got to see that test, right? Brian Burns, we know is really good. Mekhi Becton hasn't really played football since he got injured in Carolina, you know, 20 months, 24 months ago or 18 months ago, whatever it was. It was interesting to see that the Billy Turner question, the offensive line, I just, it's hard to evaluate the Jets offensive line because they don't know who their five starters are. They know like the interior is fine. It's the tackle spots, Dwayne Brown, obviously, is older than both of us, but you know, he, he's working his way back and, and things like that. The one question I kind of wanted to, I was curious about, obviously sauce Gardner wasn't in, you know, it seemed like the jets defensive line. We saw Quinn Williams in joint practices. We obviously didn't see him in the game. I know the Panthers offensive line. You, you know, I think you guys had that story out. You know, they, they met with Frank Reich met with the offensive line coach, all that stuff. Were you surprised at all that the game Saturday went the way it did based on the fact that the defensive line, it seemed like, Quinn Williams, like I had 14 sacks in this period. Like, were you shocked that all the Jets defensive line just was the dominating factor of uh, of Saturday? No, because I mean, I covered Sala in Jacksonville. I know how aggressive he is. I know what he likes up front. Um, obviously, I covered last year. Jermaine Johnson was probably my favorite player in the entire draft last year. Uh, was not surprised. DJ Reed's awesome. Jordan Whitehead's incredibly underrated. I think. Uh, linebacker was a concern for me for the Jets, but it seems like they kind of played well. I, I think up front, I mean, from, you know, Jermaine Johnson to Will McDonald, who, by the way, the Panthers really, really liked uh, and were willing to kind of trade up for uh, had he fallen maybe into the 20s was phenomenal. I mean, Smart's great. I mean, I was, again, Solomon Thomas, one of my favorite players in his respective draft. Yeah, it didn't work out in San Francisco, but he's turned into a really good rotational pass rusher. And I think they have just what Andy Reid used to call fireballs. They have so many fireballs they can throw at you. It's just 
Like it's a mess and it's tough. And, you know, they've been rotating from the Panthers perspective, they've been rotating offensive linemen to cross train them. And James Kempen, in my opinion, is a top three offensive line coach in the league. It's him, it's Jeff Stoutland, and then you can pick your third guy. But, um, you know, I, I think the issue has been they haven't really gotten that continuity going. And they have kind of like a weird situation where their starting left guard is more of a finesse blocker and Brady Christensen. And the rest of the group, they're all power blockers. Um, so it puts them in kind of a weird bind because not everybody is kind of like skilled. Uh, Iki Iki is a guy who was known for his run blocking in college and, and last year, I thought he improved greatly as a pass blocker last year. He had some trouble, uh, against Bryce Huff and, um, and some of the other guys during this preseason game. Yeah, it's a blip. I think, you know, Taylor Moten's as consistent as it gets at right tackle. Bradley Bozeman is is physically limited, but what he can do in that limitation is very good. I think guard's a problem. Uh, Austin Corbett, who I thought was by and large their best offensive lineman, suffered an ACL injury. He's probably going to miss, you know, anywhere from the first game of the season to the first month if he stays on pop. Um, they have Cade Mays, who's a really exciting, versatile player at right guard right now, but they rotated three separate right guards in those first three series. Michael Jordan has, you shouldn't have anything to do with a starting lineup. Um, Justin McCray had his struggles mightily in Houston. Um, it's kind of Mays or bust with Chandler Zavala, the fourth round pick kind of coming off a hamstring injury where he missed basically all of training camp. Um, I'm high on him. I think he's more likely to push at left guard. Uh, because he played next to Aki Iguanu at NC State, and they brought that up probably 12 times since he was drafted, and I don't think that's a red herring. Um, but no, no, no. To answer your question, I wasn't surprised about the success, the success. I was surprised at how consistent the success was. Yeah, look, I, it was interesting to watch uh, on Saturday just because I felt like, you know, the Jets – the Jets defensive line we know is, is super deep. I think the, the kind of some of the questions coming in were – you know what Quinton Williams is. You know what JFM is. Those guys against the run and the pass are as good as it gets. JFM is as good as it gets against the run. Jermaine Johnson last year, I really liked coming out. I know a lot of people love that pick. It was like, wow, the Jets got this guy who, you know, people thought might have been a top 10 pick. Ends up, you know, falling into the 20s. The Jets trade back up. He got hurt last year. He's wearing a different number. I don't know what it is. He just looks like a different player. I know it sounds so stupid and trivial about, like, numbers and stuff, but some guys just, like, look like themselves when they're kind of back in 11 and all that stuff. He looks like a totally different player. And he looks like the guy that edge rushers take a while. Sometimes I think we forget about that stuff. Mm-hmm. And like Bryce Hoff's a guy who, you know, snap for snap was the best edge rusher in football last year, just on like pressure rate and, and get off and all these different things. He's like the jets fifth, <laughs> fifth guy. And it's like, you know, they they've talked about this a lot. Salas talked about this a ton of the strategies, like get Aaron Rodgers a lead early. Then we can run the football. And then on defense, just, waves and waves and waves of guys and if the jets are going to have guys that can someone other than quinn williams can get near that 10 sack mark i think they're going to be in a good spot you got to watch you obviously you saw the offense zach wilson's numbers i don't want to be negative and he's a backup quarterback now we have to i think the expectation has to change i still feel like the game moves a little fast i still feel like he's like it's like he's playing he looks better he looks more like the guy we probably saw rookie year early on like that panthers game two years ago where it's like some nice moments, some other moments where the blitz kind of gets in his face. Did you see a difference in Zach at all? If like, it's like, do the Jets have like an okay backup quarterback now? Or 
you know, like how'd that kind of shake out? Because the running back room looked good for the Jets, I felt like. But obviously, it's always a bad sack still. I mean, I, I think from an accuracy standpoint, he looks sharp. I, I think, yeah, I think there's times where he gets kind of whittled around in the pocket. I mean, I think his performance kind of mirrored Matt Corral's. Uh, the difference is Matt Corral hasn't played for a year um, and is a year uh, less than the NFL. I, I think he's handled the demotion well. Um, I think his body language is better. Uh, but I mean, again, I, I don't know what he is. He's so naturally talented. It's just like, when are you going to put it together? And I think that that's kind of the question I still have. And I think we're going to have that question for a while. I don't know if he, he, if he plays I don't know if he starts a game while Aaron Rodgers is in house. So I don't know, man. I <laughs> I wish I had an answer for you. I mean, look, I, I think his pedigree is worth noting. I think his talent is worth noting. It's all about up here. And if he can put that together, yeah, they're in a really advantageous spot from a backup perspective. Yeah, it's just crazy. Zach's the high, fourth highest cap on the team this year. And, like, it'd be a disaster if he has to play. Like I said, I think, again, there's some things that have improved. He looks better in a lot of senses. It's just, like, I don't know. It's still a preseason game. It's a lot of vanilla coverages. It's a lot of like the pocket stuff still is always going to be an issue with him, whether he's in the, with the jets or he's moved or whatever. And, you know, he's a guy that, you know, you got to watch Sam Darnold, obviously last year, it's like a lot of the same stuff where, you know, Sam's put together more than Zach has, but a lot of these guys have the same issues where like coming out, Sam Darnold's issue is like his footwork is horrendous. And it's like, it's never gotten better. And as much as I hope Sam, you know, I think if he starts in San Francisco, it'd be fun to watch him in the Shanahan offense. You know, he kind of has that four-game stretch, just like Zach has, where they look good for a couple games. Last two things here, Bryce Young obviously got hit a thousand times, and we detailed the offensive line stuff. But it seems like, you know, you, they saw some flash moments in joint practices against, you know, against a really good defense. You still see some – I still think Bryce Young's going to be a good player. Like, are you – are you have you imp- been impressed with what you saw? Obviously, you know, he's a very put-together, mature dude. You hear him at the combine. It's like everything is such a – Nick Saban answered everything, which you love to see, obviously. Have you been impressed with Bryce so far? It's kind of, I know it's hard to tell. And it's really early on. Obviously, you don't want to overreact to one preseason game. Yeah, I am. I mean, I, he's, he threw six interceptions during training camp and none of them were the same, um, which I think is really important. He's not a guy who makes the same mistake twice. The concerns that I really had were all physical. He took some hits and got up and didn't seem flustered. He got the ball out quick. I mean, he still completed you know, 60% of his passes, despite pressure on almost every play. Look, the the size, history's littered with six foot four quarterbacks that suck, right? Like, I mean, that's the thing. And I think he's built where it counts and that's up here. Um, it's a matter of whether this offensive line can keep him, you know, upright and whether his weapons play as well as they did during the summer. Um you know, he doesn't have a true number one wide receiver, but what he does have is like this turnstile of guys who could all be number twos on a team. And I think they're taking kind of the 2016 Eagles model. You know, Joe, Joe Douglas is obviously part of that, where you're taking all these guys who are kind of supplemental pieces, you're building a program, you're building a culture, and then next year is the year where you're going to attack pretty hard. You're going to sign your Brandon Brooks's, your you know, guys like that. I mean, you're, you're, you're going to something Alsha, you're Alshon Jeffries and stuff like that. Right. So, um, yeah, I, I mean, I, 
I think he's a guy who is never, he's always the shortest guy and probably the youngest guy in the room, but he's always the guy that everybody turns to. And I think he's handled himself extremely well. Yeah. Look, I, we talked about the mental part with Zach. I, like you said, I, I don't worry about that with Bryce at all. It's, you know, I, I know the report, there was reports early on and like the OTH, it's like, he knows the offense better than anybody. It's like, of course you have to say that, but no, I, I, it's a true thing. Like, I, I really think like that's, if you have it mentally, you can figure a lot of the other stuff out, right? Like Bryce Young's not going to suddenly be six, five, but you mentioned it. Like there's a lot of Paxton Lynch's and a bunch of dog shit that's come through the NFL that are first round picks that don't figure it out. And they just physically gifted. So last thing here, expectations on both sides. We'll start with the Panthers and finish with the Jets. Where's your, where are you kind of, where are you at with expectations here? I feel like it's a team that the defense is awesome. And Bryce Young's just like solid. He's a league average quarterback. Like, why can't they win this division? I just the division is just not good. But at the same time, I also think that can't really be the expectation, right? Just because you have rookie quarterback, first year staff. Like where are you, where do you kind of lay on expectations with them just based on the division? I know it's a tough question. Yeah. So they went seven and ten last year <clears throat> and overachieved with Steve Wilkes. So they should have gone five and twelve. Um, but I think that's raised expectations because, you know, they've built this around this coaching staff that is really impressive on paper. I see them kind of going eight and nine, nine and eight. Um, I don't think they were as good as their record was last year. Um, I think they have some major depth concerns. If they lose Brian Burns, JC Horner, Derek Brown, they are in a lot of trouble on defense. And offensively, it's just about Bryce, right? I think if, if Bryce goes out and he throws for 23 touchdowns and seven interceptions for three, 3,500 yards and they're eight and nine, they feel really good. Um, but I think if you're, you know, if you're really paying attention, I think this team doesn't want to overachieve. I think they want to win the division, but they want to win the division the right way, right? They don't want this eight and nine division win. I think the Saints are really well built to have one year of like divisional success and then implode. Um, I think the Falcons, it's really on, I mean, they're so talented around the quarterback position that if, if Desmond Ritter can play well or, you know, league average, like you said, I think they've got a real shot. I think the Buccaneers are terrible, but I mean, look, I think this division plays itself tough. It's kind of like the AFC South where it's not a very good division, but they're competitive within each other. And look, the Panthers have a really difficult start to the season. They've got a lot of road games, a lot of teams that can play very well. It's about getting through that first half of the season. And if you're healthy and and hit your stride, you can do whatever you want. I just think this is a two-year rebuild that kind of some folks locally are kind of getting ahead of themselves. I think from a depth perspective, this team could be in pretty rough shape. Like they have guys who can be role players, I just don't know. Like, if you lose one of the big three on defense, I think you're in a lot of trouble. Yeah, like, I, I'm I'm kind of right there with you. I think I'm not a fan of Desmond Ritter coming out. That's why, like, other than that, and Arthur Smith, I think is – I just don't really know what he is as a coach yet. I think we've seen some good and some bad. Like, figure out how to use Kyle Pitts and Drake London. Like, you know, like, you know, type of thing. But, yeah, they're super talented. I just don't know what the Falcons are, and the Falcons kind of always seem to Falcon. Like, they're just like – they kind of always seem to get in their own way a little bit below games at the end. New Orleans, like you said, Dennis Allen hasn't really been a great head coach. He's an you know elite defensive coordinator. Like, can Derek Carr be good? Like, I I just I don't know. This division is just so confusing. In Tampa Bay, like, I don't know if they win three games. I feel like you feel good about it. Um, you know, if you're them, and like you mentioned with Carolina, I think it's interesting. Like, 
they go seven and 10, but Bryce Young looks horrible. Like you don't feel good about yourself at all. Vice versa. If they go five and 12, but Bryce Young looks fantastic. And you're like, all right, we've got three core pieces on defense. We think we have the head coach and we have the quarterback. We'll figure it all out from there. That's kind of ideal. Last thing here, Jets expectations. This is probably one of the most difficult questions just because the expectations are so all over the board and we've not seen, we don't really know what we're, we're seeing yet. Like that's the first time we've seen Aaron Rodgers throw against the defense with the Jets. It's not their own team. It's not hard knocks and one Jets drive and all the thing. I've kind of said all along, get to the divisional round. Like, I think that's a fair expectation, whether that's winning wild card weekend or you win the division, the Jets lose to Kansas city in the divisional round. Like you're one of this thing. I just can't really beat him up for it. Where are you at now with expectations, having seen them? Obviously, you know, you've been around covering the league for a long time. Yeah, I'm kind of honestly right there with you. I think a divisional round uh, matchup is a really good sign for this team, especially now that Rodgers has kind of come out and been like, I'm going to be here. So, um, listen, the AFC is remarkably more talented and deep than the NFC, in my opinion. I think that division alone is is very talented and could beat anybody in the nfc south um i'm a big nathan nathaniel hackett believer to be honest with you i think he's a really good coach uh maybe head coaching was not for him but i i know the way he connects with players and i think that that will be very good for culture um i don't think you're going to see a lot of drama there despite what happened in denver um and look i i I think salah's kind of in this year where they've given him everything now it's time to deliver. Um, and he has his doubters, but I guess he's popping still. So, um, I, I think this is a big year for Joe Douglas and, and Robert Sala. If they miss the playoffs, I mean, this needs to be like, you know, the chickens are coming home to roost. Right. But I think it's fair to have the expectations of like an 11 and six season and a playoff berth and maybe a wild card win or a division win. And then you get to the divisional round and yeah, if they run into the Bengals, the chiefs, uh, those teams of those, that ilk, I mean, I think, yeah, it's going to be tough because we've seen Aaron Rodgers be incredible in the regular season and then he gets to the postseason and look, it's not all on him, but it doesn't feel like those early years were used to elevate basically everyone around him. But Alan Lazard's there. So, I mean, you know, I mean, he's elevated that guy. Um, <laughs> uh, you know, I, I think... Um, I think from a Jets fan perspective, if you're a Jets fan, you've got to be excited about this. I mean, I think Aaron is still immensely talented. I think they've brought in guys to cater to him. I think the offensive line is really going to be where, you know, this comes into play. Linebackers have to play well. The safeties have to play well. But at corner and edge, you are maybe in better shape than – anyone outside of the Eagles and maybe the 49ers. Yeah. Like there, it's just a roster that just like, you can make an argument if their offensive line's good and Rogers looks even 80, 85% of Rogers from 12 months ago, they're a Super Bowl contender. If Rogers looks like himself, but the offensive line sucks, that's a problem. Or if they, they stayed really healthy on defense last year. I think that's something that we talked about the depth. They need to like, that's why it's so important, you know, as much as the McDonald pick at the time was like, oh, wow, they drafted another edge guy and, you know, they have a whole offensive line. It's like, yeah, but they stayed really, Carl Lawson played 17 games last year. Like, that, you know, you can't really really count on that. So I'm right there with you. I think this roster is super talented. 
they're really young outside of like two or three guys. I know like the, their average age is not going to be as low as it's been in the past, but outside of like Rogers and CJ Mosley, who are like two, you know, obviously two of their big name guys, everyone else is like 23 or 24, 25 years old. So yeah, you mentioned it. Salah and Douglas have to make the playoffs, you know, as much as we gave all these other guys credit, Woody Johnson came out and, you know, <laughs> he gave Rogers whatever he wanted. And, you know, when they gave Quinn Williams 66 million guaranteed and they paid all these guys. So, um, yeah, the expectations are are very different in each spot, but I think if either both the Jets and the Panthers are playoff teams, I don't think anyone would be like shocked in either way. Obviously appreciate hopping on Charlotte observer, Make sure you guys go check it out. There's stuff on there from the joint practices, from Saturday's game, from the Panthers' perspective. But it's a lot of – it's kind of interesting to read from a different perspective of, you know, not seeing the Jets every day. Mike, appreciate you uh, appreciate you hopping on, and, you know, we'll have to, uh, have to do this again soon. Thanks for having me, Will.